Bravely Being, a podcast for sisterly conversation where we unpack life shit, stress, loss, emotional turmoil. We've all been there and it's normal. We believe it's time to bring these issues into the light, delve inward and move forward. So we welcome everyone on our journey and hope our conversations resonate with you as we lean in, listen and learn from each other. This is Bravely Being with Danica and Megan. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1, Reflections. Yes, and it's been a hot minute, everybody. Yes, several hot minutes. (laughs) Our Mulan-themed podcast with reflections. When will my reflection show? I'm not in good voice. I'm sorry. I apologize. But... Regardless, Mulan is cool. Got some Mushu vibes here. Um, and I think we're ready to start strong and fiery into season two. So, Danica, what can we expect from that? Um, you can expect some killer content. Lots of Mushu making lots of appearances. Um, just kidding. <laughs> but maybe some dog appearances. Definitely monthly episodes and definitely some new awesome guests we have planned for y'all. And we actually have a theme for this season. So we're getting right back into it. We're having this time to renew, replenish, and uh, <laughs> and, and Dolly is whining in the background now. Great. <laughs> Puppy noises. Hew, hew. Um, well, this is actually, this episode is coming out on New Year's. So happy New Year's, everyone. We made it through 2020 and 2021. I would say both years were equally as challenging and crazy. And so, um, we're excited to kind of hit reset, um, on bravely being and revisit this creative project and share a little bit about maybe what we've learned um, and maybe delve into a little bit more on some topics that interest us, um, some things that have challenged us, and share that with you all. So I think the best way to start that is to share how we do it now. So Danica, let's do a little bit of a life update because your life looks very different than it did back in June last time we recorded. So tell us about it. It feels so good to be recording again and to see your face, Megan. Well, right now I can't see it, but I could see it earlier. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we're getting back on the Bravely Being train and that I hope that we still have our, our passengers in the backseat or whoever whoever's the conductor <laughs> on this train. I hope that we're joined here. <laughs> I don't know. That was a crappy metaphor. Whatever. I feel like this giant pause and bravely being is mostly my doing because I've had such big life transitions. Um, the last episode that we had, I mentioned that I got into um, Boston College for their counseling program. Well, I actually did like a giant 180 and I went into the opposite direction and I actually was offered a job with the Forest Service, which is always been really a dream of mine to work for an organization that I can like combine journalism and writing with being outdoors in nature and conservation. So I took that job and I'm not going to school um, at Boston College. So hopefully I can put that dream on the back burner. But this new job was in Arizona. So I drove across the country um, in my RAV with my doggo. And I set up shop in Flagstaff 
And that's where I've been for a while, since August. And I've had lots of adventures. And I recently just moved into a house with my boyfriend, who lives like an hour and a half away from Flagstaff. So still working from home, but lots and lots of changes have happened. And I'm really grateful for them. But it's it's kind of frustrating to have moved four times in the past year and a half. And I know that we're celebrating the end of 2021, but honestly, it's it just feels like an extended 2020 to me. <laughs> so hopefully there's some significant <laughs> changes in, in the next coming year and, and uh, that brings some peace and solitude and just steadiness, steadfastness, I guess, and and I can actually kind of nestle into a place for once and have a home. But Arizona is absolutely beautiful. I actually visited here when I was 18 with my family. We had a family reunion here. And I told everyone that Arizona is my favorite state, because mostly because of Sedona. Um, and so when I got this this job offer, I, would, I just jumped on it. And um, it's great to have my foot in the door with the Forest Service and their great organization. I'm into it. And I'm happy to be back doing my creative endeavors as well, because it's always good to have a work-life balance now that I have a real job that pays real money. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of jobs, Megan, how's your life and your job? Well, let's see. Since June... Uh, I finished up the school year hybrid um, at my current school, which was very um, needed. We needed, you know, a reset when it came to education after going from being virtual to being hybrid and um, all this back and forth. So um, summer was greatly, greatly enjoyed, but mostly was spent recharging um, and visiting with family. We did a long road trip. Um, we did a family reunion in Atlanta, drove down to Florida. I got to be reunited with some of my past students, which was amazing, um, and enjoyed a nice leisurely road trip up by myself with my dog. Michael had to um, fly back for work. And so I enjoyed kind of taking my time and getting into my independence, um, just you know, road tripping up and spend some time with some friends that I haven't seen in a long time. So I was thankful, mm. thankful very much so for the rest. And um, with that came the dawning of, again, another big change, which was returning back to the school building, um, which mm -hmm. has been exhausting, um, but also mm. very rewarding in many ways. Um, I'm very thankful to be back singing and teaching guitar for the first time and teaching guitar for the first time, not singing for the first time. Um, but anyway, um, we're, we're, I'm very happy to be back and interacting with students normally as normal as possible during this pandemic yeah. behind masks and all. So that's, that's been fun, but also has brought upon its own exhausting challenges, um, which continue to challenge me to this day. And other than that, other things have been going on. I am continuing to just get to know people in the Maryland area. I've been here a whole year now. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I lived in Polk County, Florida, um, a little over a year ago. It feels in a way like it was, I don't know, like a decade ago, <laughs> you know, uh, feels like a long time. Yeah. So 
um, I just feel very happy to be where I am, but also still very challenged and still facing a lot of different changes and uphill climbs. And I'm ready for this reset of 2022 and to get my priorities in order, like with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What's the Miley Cyrus song? The climb. It's the climb. I think one of my guitar kids were learning that. Yeah. It is definitely the climb. Adulthood is just a climb. Megan, reflecting on the past year, could you tell us about like one significant challenge that you faced and um, what you learned from that? Oh, that's so hard because there's so many challenges. (laughs) I would have to say transitioning to a new state where you don't know as many people Mm. continues to be a challenge for me. Um, I've had a couple bouts of homesickness that were mm-hmm. really intense and really um, heartfelt that I didn't really know was like all up in my emotions um, until mm-hmm. it just poured out of me. And, um, you know, I, I'm an only child and all of a sudden I was like crying because I missed my parents. And um, it's kind of jarring to feel that kind of emotion so intensely. So um, I would say in a combination with that loneliness, um, I've gotten in a really bad rut of negative self-talk. And I feel really proud of the progress I've made, especially recently when it comes to this. Um, I would say with all of the changes that have happened in my life since 2020, about a year ago, I've had to really settle into feeling comfortable with the uncertainty. And on the inside, I've had a lot of imposter syndrome and really have just become, in a way, my own bully um, in how I view my own actions and how I how I shamed myself throughout all of these transitions when really, you know, I'm navigating a lot and um transitioning has not even, it's not even over yet, you know, like there's, we're still not settled where we are. We're probably going to end up moving in the next year or so um, due to other jobs and changes in our lives. So I think coming out of all of these changes, it's really hard to stay grounded in who you are when you're someone, some schmo in Maryland who knows no one, you know? So schmo. Yeah, some Joe Schmo. You're Schmagen. Schmo Schmagen. <laughs> I'm Schmanica. <laughs> Danica the Manica. I don't know why I just released that to the whole world. So my challenge is, of course, moving to a new place as well has been jarring. And the culture, you know, just like regional culture coming from New England versus Arizona is very different and trying to get used to that is still something that I'm trying to figure out. And also moving in and living with someone new, well, just a person in general that's not your family or not like a really good friend, you know, um, that's been a whole learning curve in and of itself. Um, trying to figure out like our living styles and habits and things and who's going to buy toilet paper which sounds monotonous and <laughs> boring, but it's a lot. Um, 
So that's like currently. And then I guess a big challenge was trying to figure out my life trajectory, which you never really know, you know, but it's always been, you know, a dream of mine to be a therapist or be a counselor and and work directly with people. I really enjoy that and get a lot of energy from talking to people and, and hearing their stories. I've always thought of myself as a story writer. So yeah, choosing this job was very difficult because I wasn't sure what to do, but um, I think it's the right choice for now. And I can always go back to school or do online learning as well, which I've been looking into. So big decisions, difficult decisions. Um, I've always been able to kind of like ground myself, but it's kind of like when you move to a new place and you have a new job and you're completely around new people, everything is different than anything you've known ever. It's like you can have the opportunity to reinvent yourself and that's daunting. So I'm trying to figure out what I want to do and be when I'm here and in Arizona in this new place. I feel like a lot of our challenges kind of parallel each other because it's all based off of big changes and big transitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so many people had big changes in the past year, um, which is kind of ironic because there's also so much happening in the world. Um, so much negativity and hate and sadness happening in the world that it's also difficult to have room for such big changes and transitions, but we're here for you and each other. And there's lots of people that are also doing the same thing. And I think you hit the nail on the head with saying that this is something that uh, we can all kind of share this trauma and um, this struggle together. And I don't know if you resonate with this Danica, but I'm sure someone does, but I have a hard time reaching out when I need help. Mm-hmm. especially in the past year and a half, just knowing that the people, my support systems that I usually go to, you know, are also overwhelmed, you know, and going through mm-hmm. big changes. Um, I like, I, I'm thinking about all the, my closest friends specifically, like my bridal party um, or like close friends from college, you know, in life. And I, I have to say like, I think everyone has been through at least one huge life transition this year. And it's, exhausting when you already feel like your glass is empty to try to pour into others or to ask others to pour into you when you know that their glass is also empty too. Do you have any thoughts on that? Where is the water? Where is the wine? <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need to fill up our glasses. Where is the water? <laughs> I'm like SpongeBob in Sandy's dome going, water, um, <laughs> please water me. <laughs> Um, we're all sad little plants, dehydrated house plants like mine. All of mine are never watered adequately. Mm. I'm sorry, house plants. Wait, is that what Lizzo's <laughs> song is about? Water me? Is it about water? Or is it about something sexual? I don't know. I was actually listening to a lot of Lizzo today. I had a rough day towards the end of my work day and, um, that was not one that I listened to, so I cannot say <laughs> if that's what she meant. But you know what? Lizzo is wise, and I would not be surprised. I was listening to Rumors today and mm. really rocking out to that. And I feel like all of Lizzo's songs are really easy to resonate with. Yes, definitely. So from these challenges that we have had, we would like to take some time to um, highlight 
our aha moments, our moments of knowing where maybe something has clicked or maybe a phrase that has stuck with us and really resonated with the challenges that we've been facing. So um, I'm going to pass that off to Danica first. (laughs) So I guess like an aha moment or a key phrase that kind of stuck with me throughout the year was um, from another podcast that I listened to. It's the cure for the cure for chronic pain with Nicole Sachs, which I was referred to by my favorite murder, my favorite murder. Gosh. Um, And she talks about, how pain is stored in the body, just emotional pain is stored in the body and how that can come up as physical pain. And it's a really fascinating podcast, but she talks about little T trauma versus big T trauma. And I think that if I learned anything in this past year, it's the idea of trauma. And considering this year was really freaking traumatizing for me, And I don't even know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but my parents are getting divorced and it's a big old poop storm. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so the idea of trauma, big T trauma versus little T trauma, which is kind of self-explanatory. But um, I think that the conversation around trauma is we're kind of afraid to use that word, but there can be situations that are little T trauma, too, that really grip like greatly affect us as humans and hearing that in that podcast was kind of an aha moment of like, yes, these feelings that I have are valid and real and they are traumatic. They are um, the results of traumatic experiences or um, things that have happened that are now coming up to the surface and bubbling up. And now I have to deal with them in a, a healthy way. Yeah. What about you, Megan? Same question. Any aha moments or moments of knowing? Well, I would say the phrase that has like resonated with me most, and I don't know where I picked this phrase up or if it just came to me, but um, the way I've kind of shifted my thinking is I want to save my sweetest love for my sweetest loves. And I guess that phrase to me means that I'm saving the best parts of myself um, and protecting the best parts of myself and my power and my love for the people in my life or the things in my life that I know are going to pour back into me. Mm -hmm. And especially grounding myself in my priorities because sometimes because I live such a um well I don't want to say an anxious life but I live with chronic anxiety like what you were saying um because I I, for the past I would say I don't know since August so I don't know how many months that is but for several months um I am like physically ill most mornings and feeling really down with anxiety. And, you know, I I think a lot of that comes from stress at work and that negative self-talk. And so part of that phrase, save your sweetest love for your sweetest love, is that like, I realize that not only do I need to prioritize like people and things in my life, but like, I need to prioritize myself. And I need to love and care about myself as sweetly as I do towards that kid in my class that does nothing or the kid Mm -hmm. in my class that does everything. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, and that aha moment came from a podcast um, called The Happier Approach by Nancy Jane Smith. Um, she also has a book. I hate to say that I haven't gotten all the way through it yet, um, but her work was really influential for me to shift my brain from the negative self-talk imposter syndrome um, because the way she phrases the like the voices in your head is you have basically like three um, voices. You have the monger, which is like your negative voice. You have the BFF that's like, you deserve it. Treat yourself. And then you have like your true self, like your higher self, um, the one that's self-compassionate, the one that's fair. And mm-hmm. the one that says, you know, it's okay to feel this way, but you have to pick yourself up and keep going um, and finding a positive way through it. And I think that has kind of shifted, helped start that shift um, into more positive thinking. And in addition to that, Susan, my lovely therapist, who I finally reconnected with um, after going through two horrible, almost traumatic, little T, probably traumatic, um, traumatic (laughs) experiences, um, trying to find a new therapist in the midst of all of my anxiety that I've been dealing with on a daily basis. Um, I finally reconnected with her and she has referred me to listening to affirmations and Mm. specifically Louise Hay affirmations. And it it sounds kind of silly, but um, I have to say I've been listening to these affirmations for, I don't know, like almost probably a little over two weeks. I've been listening to one of those affirmations at least once a day um, mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. And, you know, the first time you like listen intently and then after that you just kind of have it on in the background. And I do feel like my negative self-talk, my monger, as um, Nancy Jane Smith would say, um, has diminished or has lost power. So um, working towards being more self-compassionate, self-loyal, while also prioritizing the things in my life that matter the most, the things I need to invest in. Wow. (laughs) No, that's good. That made me so happy to hear because there's like some synchronicity there of like for your birthday, I sent you those teacher affirmations. I just saw it and I thought of you, but Mm -hmm. it's interesting to hear that you were already using affirmations in your daily or weekly practice. So interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, at school today, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I was having a rough day and um, I sat in my room and I turned my chair away from the door so that no one could see me. And I just let it go. I like cried and cried and cried, just let it out for about 10 minutes. And then I picked up, I like looked at my desk and I had one of the affirmation cards up on top of my desk. And it said, um, this is a really hard job and you're doing great. And (laughs) it, it made me happy. It made me take out the rest of the affirmations and like pick another one to focus on. So, um, yeah, those cards have been really helpful. So maybe you can plug that somewhere um, where you got those beautiful affirmation cards because they, they are helpful. Affirmations are powerful, even if they seem a little silly at face value, you know? Mm-hmm. I got them from Etsy. It's from the Unbroken Mama. Well, thank you, Unbroken Mama. Yes, they have them for all sorts of different uh, careers, positions, people, various categories, but... Yeah, it's interesting to hear, and I'm sure it's reassuring to hear those affirmations, to hear that 
you know, someone else wrote this and they're going through something that's similar and they wrote it for people that are also in that same career path. Yeah. Affirmations are super powerful. I thought they were kind of bullshit at first too. Um, first couple times I've listened to it. If you go listen to a Louise Hayes um, affirmation, you'll understand what I mean. Um, <laughs> I, I dare you all to do it at least once, but I do find myself now saying those positive things back to me. And so it's definitely powerful. Tara Brock, she has a lot of YouTube videos. I probably talked about her before, but she also has a lot of affirmations that you can go use um, and meditations as well. Mm, I'll have to check her out. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's like super like hippie, older, but in her meditations and in her talk, she also has like, she uses humor. Um, so she's pretty fun. I feel like she'd be a great um, friend. Uh, but anyway, two happies and a sappy. All right. Um, happy was today my guitar students, some of my guitar students. It's kind of like a happy, sappy, like twofold. Um, we've been working on a project where the kids could prepare any song that they wanted to. It just had to perform for a minute and could be a Christmas carol, could be a song that they like, whatever. You know, you just got to get up and play for a minute. And uh, I'll go get the sappy out of the way. The sappy was a lot of kids just chose not to prepare and did not perform to, I guess, the levels of expectations that – I sat and I, I took that a little personally, which is what led to me being upset earlier. But the happy mm -hmm. was that some of my kids performed really, really well. Um, one mm. kid played the Harry Potter theme, which is really cute. One other kid just straight up started playing Stairway to Heaven. I was like, okay, you're better at guitar than me. That's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it was really rewarding to see some of the work that some of my students were doing. Um, and I guess another happy would be that some of my kids could tell that I was having a bad day and I had so many of them like reach out to me just being like, it's okay, Miss Yanks, like, it'll Aww. be okay, you're fine, or like giving me a hug. And, you know, it's really nice to see like what you pour into, you know, the investment you make into relationships can like pour back into you and lift you up and make you feel stronger. So um, those are all school related things, but those are my happies and sappy. So how about you? Yeah, definitely. I would say one happy is that today I made sugar cookies. I am on the last day of my mm. menstrual cycle and therefore I must eat sugar. And so I made myself some delicious sugar cookies. I used basically all the butter that we had and made them. My crappy is, yeah, my crappy is that the place that I'm living now in Arizona is pretty flat and there's not really much to do besides climbing and everything is basically like 30 minutes away. So it's been a strange kind of transition and uh, readjustment into life in a very kind of stereotypical – it's like I just walked out of a Western movie, basically, and you go to Safeway, and there's just, like, cowboys walking around in full cowboy garb, which is fine. Like, that wouldn't be a crappy – like, that's definitely a happy thing. Um, but it's just like everything's so far away. 
and it, it's going to take a, a bit of time to get used to it if I ever do. And my other happy is that I got my headphones working because <laughs> we tried to uh, record this earlier and I couldn't figure out my Bluetooth headphones, which are a pretty new device for me. And I figured them out after 20 plus minutes. So that's a happy. Woohoo. You know, really pivotal stuff. Everything matters, Danica. That's true. Um, before this, we were talking about media that kind of has resonated with us and stayed with us that that is interesting or we just enjoyed this past year from like books, podcasts, movies, whatever. So Megan, can you tell me like one or two influential pieces of media that you consumed in this past year? Well, when it comes to TV shows, I have to say that in the year of 2021, I have been introduced to all 13 seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and yes! all six seasons of All Stars. Um, and I yes. feel like even though it may sound silly, but I have gotten a lot out of just listening to the shit that RuPaul says. Um, one thing that RuPaul said in some season, I don't know, I could probably go back and figure it out, but um, one of the seasons RuPaul said to a drag queen, um, remember who the fuck you are. Like what you already have got you here. Remember who the fuck you are. And like that was something I said to myself um, so many mornings when I was dealing with all my anxiety was, you know, like what mm -hmm. I already have got me here. And Mm -hmm. um, I need to remember my power. And so I have to mm -hmm. say like, shout out to RuPaul. Definitely like that, like she's the most, um, influential figure to have entered my life. I would say, um, other mm. things, honorable mentions, um, for podcasts, maintenance phase, love it. Um, you're wrong about also love it. Um, they're both hosted by, or were hosted by, um, Michael Hobbs, um, Sarah Marshall's with You're Wrong About, and Aubrey Gordon, aka your fat friend, is um, the co host for uh, Maintenance Phase. But I um, love both of those podcasts, and they have kept me company um, for many, many, many hours, many driving um, trips. So I'm very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And how about you? What about TV shows, podcasts? bounce it around and then we can hit some other media i suppose yes i have not really consumed that much in terms of um tv or uh, movies but i did watch there was this like competition show on netflix called metal shop masters and it was sick like these people obviously it was competition of making metal works and some people like there were parts that had to be moving and parts that that were just like very abstract ideas and things. And it just was cool to watch these things come to life in metal form. Um, but I was going to mention a book <laughs> that I really liked that was pretty popular this year, but I mean, it had a lot of good reviews, but when I talked to people about it, it didn't seem like a lot of people had read it. It's The Collected Schizophrenias by Esme Weijun Wang. Wang? Wang? I don't know. Sorry. Um, but it, it's this really great kind of autobiography and short story collection of 
essays by this woman who suffers from mental illness. And it's really interesting to hear um, and get into the mind of someone that is diagnosed with a schizoaffective disorder and how she sees that portrayed in media and compared to her actual experience. And it's just really beautifully written and really beautifully done. And I definitely recommend that book. Um, I think it, it won a bunch of awards, but yeah, it's really good. That one kind of stuck with me. Exciting. I'll have to check that Mm -hmm. one out. Um, I completely forgot about books, but right before we got onto this episode, I was telling Danica that Brene Brown is like my Jesus. <laughs> I think Brene Brown has like gotten me out of many holes this year too. Her and um, Nancy Jane Smith, um, the two of them have been very instrumental. And I just started Atlas of the Heart, which is Brene Brown's new book. And I'm really excited to continue to delve into that. Um, that sounds like it should be like a... a- a song like a pop song or something atlas of the heart or a band maybe i don't know you know what popped into my head um nothing i can do total eclipse of the heart <laughs> i thought that too atlas of the heart <laughs> i just pictured the music video of like someone in an atlas uh, they open up the atlas and then it's just a giant heart and then they get sucked into the atlas and they're walking on the heart which is actually a country <laughs> you're welcome for that was that was a peek into danica's mind um movies did you have any influential movies this year not really i am currently watching the hunger games for the first time so there's that i'm really excited to see what happens at the end how many years ago was did that come out i don't know 2014 13 12 i don't know well i'm glad (laughs) you can finally watch it what about you? Kill Bill, definitely. Both volumes. Oh. I can't choose between the two. Um, yeah, Kill Bill, like I watched it with Michael and I was like, well, I found my favorite movie. I'm not a big movie person, but um, Kill Bill is it. There you go. That's <laughs> favorite movie of all time. Edward's, Edward Scissorhands, too, was another one that I haven't watched since I was a child, but watched recently and was like, wow, that was a kick-ass movie. So yeah. I will mention to both of those. Well, would you say that Kill Bill helped you to find an intention for the new year? Also a great transition, I know. (laughs) I think Kill Bill just reminded me that I'm a boss-ass bitch, you know? Like, (laughs) if she can, like, wake up in a coma and, like, immediately, like, kill the guy that has been raping her in her sleep and, like, steal his car and, like, learn how to walk, like, okay, I can do anything, and also all the fighting scenes. Have you not watched Kill Bill, Danica? No, I have Danica, not. no. <laughs> you need to watch it. It's really good. Um, yeah, watching that movie just makes me feel stronger. So I think it's really just kind of a movie to hype me up. The next part we wanted to talk about was intentions. So three words or values that we can invest in. I'm going to go first. Um, I want to invest in the idea of hope and the idea of being grounded. Um, and another word, I just, I guess, peace and acceptance. You know, I've repeatedly this past year just thought about the idea of, you know, this is what the universe wants. This is the way that the universe works and this is how it should be. 
So just accepting what is to come and what is currently, I think, in the next year. Because what? why even freaking try to change it? Because you can't. You're stuck with it. Well, you're not stuck with everything. You can change things, but not all the things. You can't change the universe. The universe. Yes. That will be my mantra. You can't change the universe. Yeah. No, you can't. Um, I, that reminded me of something that um, Yoga with Adrian says, um, <laughs> one of her mantras. The universe is for me and so is everything else. Yes, it is. I just got to let it go. Yeah. Well, I feel like mine kind of follow yours a little bit. Um, Again, synchronicity. But um, I think my words are trust, kind of in the same way that you were saying, you know, like trust that this is what's meant to be. And if something changes that's out of my control, trust that um, future Megan or future Danica is going to be able to handle it the best that she can and Mm -hmm. they're awesome so they're gonna do great Mm -hmm. um as well as trusting that like i'm enough to face the challenges that are ahead of me Mm -hmm. um in addition to that i think that this is something that my cousin sister friend molly shout out (laughs) to her molly told me recently was um honoring yourself so i think another one of my words would be honor um And when I use the word honor, I think of it more so as like honoring that self, self loyalty, self compassion, um, honoring myself and who I am, as well as honoring the things that are important in my life and the things that I value, like my family. And that brings me to my last word, which is connection. Um, Because recently I felt very tempted to turtle up. You know, um, that oh, analogy turtle. of like turtle. Yeah. I, you know, cause when you have your glass that's empty and you're trying to look for people to pour into it, you know, part of one reaction you have is to harden yourself, you know, to protect yourself and to isolate. And that's not the solution either. I think the most joy that I felt this year is through connection with renewed connection with family or new connection with students or new connection with the people that I've met here. And, um, I guess the theme to go over all of those words is I want to invest in that and want to invest in myself. I want to invest in those connections and, um, trust that Mm -hmm. I'm on the right path and stop doubting so much, (laughs) you know? Um, it brings yeah. me back. I finally got to see Hamilton. I forgot. That should have been ah! one of my happies. I finally got to see what? Hamilton um, ah! in New York on Broadway. I'm so jealous. It was so great. And, you know, the reason why that came to my brain is because um, George Washington says to Hamilton, um, dying is easy, young man. Living is harder. And that Chills. has really resonated with me. You know, yeah, chills. And like, that's, there's so many things in that musical, so many like quips and like lines that have stuck with me and have like helped me navigate through hard situations. And I think that's one that I'm in right now, um, realizing that, you know, taking the easy way out, you know, mm-hmm. um, is not it. It's hard, but it's worth it. And I'm ready to invest in that and rise to the challenge. Don't throw away your shot. <laughs> I had to. 
Yeah. <laughs> I am not. Shit. Oh my God. It was so good, Danica. Not to rub it in your face or anything, but <laughs> you need to go sometime. It's really good. I'm not going to hate on people in Arizona, but every time I've mentioned Hamilton to someone from Arizona, they're like, what is that? Like, you mean the president or that he wasn't even president? Ah! <laughs> Whatever. Ah! <laughs> the secretary no! of the treachery. Whatever it was. Yeah, no, they don't know the, the musical. And I'm like, oh, it was a very uh, popular musical in um, on Broadway. And they were like, oh, okay. Oh, my God, Danica. No, you have to teach them. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it is pretty sad, but... It's just kind of a regional thing, you know, if you're not in the sphere of influence of of the eastern coast, you don't really hear it or see it, you know? I guess. I thought Hamilton was everywhere. It's reached, like, a lot of people, kind of like, you know, how Rent did back in its time, um, but or even Oklahoma, going back way, way back. Um, but, oh, my goodness, that's – you got to – if they don't know what Hamilton is, I, I'm kind of doubtful, but I would be – this is an interesting social experiment. Maybe you can, like, put this towards your dissertation or something. <laughs> Yeah. Also, shout out to Sondheim, right? Who just, he passed away recently? Yes, absolutely. When I was in high school, that was one of the first musical roles that I got. I was a stepsister in Into the Woods. Into the Woods! Yes, Into the Woods! Um, And that's, that's another musical that I go back to and I learn new things from all the time. So... Um, bring them the good word, Danica, the good news. <laughs> it is. I know things now, many valuable things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rest of that. <laughs> uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that your wedding is coming up so soon, so quickly. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we're very excited for that, too. Our invites actually just came in today. Oh, shoot. Um, so that will be going out in January. Yeah. And, you know, I probably should have mentioned that in my life update that like we basically planned the whole wedding, but um, it's been like not stressful at all that it almost feels like, oh, but it's kind of been done for me. Um, thanks, Melanie. Um, that's our wedding planner. She's awesome. And it's been a very like not not stressful like process. And we're really excited to keep it that way, hopefully. <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm so happy for you guys. And you guys are such a lovely couple and you just emanate love. It's good that you guys were, you know, you were friends for a long time before and part of the friend group and whatnot. So you have that base foundation, that solid rock. And of course, you're not like perfect because no couple is perfect. But um, I'm happy for you guys and I'm glad that it's happening. And I can't wait to wear my yellow bridesmaid dress. Yes, it'll be lovely. I can't wait. Yes, it will be. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that we're back here recording right now. I'm happy to be here with you and glad that we were able to catch up um, in a public format <laughs> such as this. Yes, I, I do like that even though we have many, we have a time zone between us and many, many states and miles that we're still able to come together and have cool conversations that we get to share with everyone. Yes. And hopefully you guys are still with us. If you are, thank you. We love you. We're glad that you're here and we're excited for this new upcoming season. Absolutely. Keep bravely being guys. <laughs> <laughs>